0: Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel, And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. Today, we're talking about season seven, episode 20, With This
1: Ring. Mary, what happened this week? Just going to start with a quick content warning for the plot points we're going to discuss today, including childhood sexual abuse and suicide. Please continue at your discretion and be safe. Valerie finally speaks to her mom about the abuse she experienced in her childhood home at the hands of her father, only to be called a liar and slapped in the face. However, it isn't long before Abby confronts the truth of the situation and reconciles with her daughter. So this is not
2: what I was expecting this story to be.
0: I wasn't either. I-, I think I was expecting more like white collar crimey, mm-hmm. you know, like a uh, Valerie witnessed a backdoor deal between him and you know one of his crew members or something, and or or like he took a job building something, and the people who owned the building was really shady, and it backfired, right? Like, mm-hmm. definitely not this. Because obviously Val has suffered enough trauma alone just by witnessing what happened with her dad, you know? Yeah.
2: And like, I think, you know, my biggest takeaway here, which I said to y'all before we started recording is like, it kind of blows my mind that this didn't get a full episode or at least like half of an episode. Like we've got like four storylines with this and I don't know. If maybe they didn't feel as comfortable writing about it or, you know, what. Yeah, I don't I don't have a lot that I can really put into words with how I feel about this.
0: Yeah. And it also calls back into question. Just a few organizational things for me, because. The whole reason Tom is even brought into this picture is because he comes from Buffalo and he has this videotape hmm. And so there is all this secrecy around what was on the videotape and why it mattered to Valerie. And from what we saw, it was just footage of him being present when Tom and Val were leaving to go to prom. But it, they kind of led us to believe that there was something else there on mm-hmm. the videotape, perhaps. Or. That Tom and Valerie did something with the video that then alluded to something else, and it just never really came back up. The only thing Mm -hmm. we got is that Tom and Val have a past. So it just kind of makes me think about the whole Donna, Garrett Slan, and Evan. Evan? Evan. Yes. Yeah. Storyline two, where it was just also disorganized in order to then just come to a screeching halt. And I just hate that we had to have another storyline of violence against women. In basically, not quite, but almost back-to-back episodes. Yeah,
2: that's a really good point. And, I mean, they actually even bring up Donna's hostage situation in this episode. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's a lot. It feels like, I don't know, maybe this is the soap opera piece of it where it's just like trauma after trauma after trauma after trauma. And like,
0: it's a lot. 'Cause and I think what's taken to like hard it's hard for me to separate it in my mind because in the same episode, which I know we'll get to all the other storylines throughout this episode, but I think what's amiss for me is that we're dealing with heavy heavy, heavy trauma toward women revolving around sex. And then we also have, in the same episode, an excitement and kind of pursuant nature of Steve with his younger brother about sex as well. So to me, it was Mm -hmm. careless to fit in that storyline. Now, it's good how that storyline wraps up. It was just careless to include it in this episode when you're dealing with sexual trauma. Exactly.
2: I completely agree. I mean, I feel like this is what I just don't understand. And it's truly, I don't understand it. I'm not in TV. I don't understand how, you know, you map out a season and how things worked, you know, back when TV was this way versus now it's like, you know, 10 to 12 episodes on streaming. Like, I just don't understand why you would write an episode this way of being like, oh, well, I think his name is Randy Spelling. Like, the kid who plays Ryan is available this week. Let's just throw him in here.
0: And then you make him have a storyline about sex.
2: Exactly. Like, what can we do with him? He's a teenage boy. He wants to have sex for the first time. By the way, Valerie is coming to terms with the trauma that came from her entire childhood with her dad.
0: Yeah, literally, I think what Ryan is supposed to be 17, 16, 17
2: Young enough to need to stay with Steve for whatever reason over the weekend, but old enough to want to have sex. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not an adult is the point here. And so we're talking about, sure, a responsible conversation about sex before you're an adult, but then also experiencing sex before you're an adult in a very harmful, traumatic, abusive way.
2: And it is very abusive and manipulative. I mean, they talk about like, the way that it went about. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't really want to get into the details of it just to bring it back, but, like, she says that her dad said things to her to make her do it.
0: Yes, and to make her think that if she didn't, bad things would happen. Yeah. As if bad things weren't already happening, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: I don't think we need to go into the details. I think, you know, Mary's synopsis pretty much does its Mm -hmm. job sums it up right um I do kind of and we don't have to talk about it very much but I do kind of just want to talk about the process of Tom's Mm -hmm. um I guess presence in this episode because there are times when he's kind of acting like a therapist and even Val's like you're not my therapist so don't act like this But at the same time, you can understand why, A, she needs to lean on him, why she was so emotional in that bathroom scene at the Valentine's party with Kelly and expressing why she needs Tom and that she needs Tom. But then you also see, like, by the end of this episode, Val effectively breaks up with Tom. But it's because, unfortunately, Tom is part of that past, right? Mm -hmm. Whether, you know, that means that he wasn't he did everything right at the time and is doing everything right now, he's still a reminder of that past and she fully wants to move on, especially now that she's confronted her mom about it. So I just, you know, I, I kind of wanted to bring that up.
2: Yeah, I, honestly, it makes so much sense. You know, she tells Kelly that she needs Tom and then he pushes her to confront everything because honestly, it's it's kind of like she's, more emotionally ready. She's clearly still, you know, traumatized by it, but she's more emotionally ready, and her mom is there. He's like, "Yeah, you can do this. You can face it. I think you have to." So, like, he's helping her get that closure, and yeah, that final piece of that closure is like, everything in Buffalo is gone. My mom's selling the house. She knows everything that's happened. I need to move on a hundred percent, and unfortunately, that includes you too. Which, yeah, I will say, I am proud of Val for taking care of herself and doing the things she needs to do. And for Tom accepting it, I will miss him.
0: Oh yeah. I think we all will. Right. Like, yeah, it really does. Tom's presence is just a matter of circumstance, right? Like it is not Mm -hmm. because he's a bad guy. It's not because he has bad intentions. It's, it's just an unfortunate situation that he had to be of witness to the most traumatic thing in Valerie's life and therefore is attached to it forever. And in order for Val to move on completely, she has to literally cut everything out now that she's acknowledged it. You know, I mm-hmm. think her moving from Buffalo to L.A. or Beverly Hills is like that was her way of trying to escape it and then realizing like, oh, physical distance doesn't do me any good.
2: Mm-hmm. And now she
0: has to get emotional distance.
2: Yeah. And I, I appreciate that they had the conversations that they did. I mean, Tom handles everything in this episode pretty maturely,
0: I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Maybe. You know, even when Abby comes to see him at the pee pad and he's just like, I know. I knew when it was happening. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I just want you to know that.
1: <sighs>
2: yeah, it it was... A lot. And I really don't understand how they couldn't flesh this out to be a bigger story, even if it's just taking out the Steve and Ryan scenes. Like Mm -hmm. I, I just feel like if, you know, she showed up in season five and we're now midway through season seven and truly like this has been building for that long. let's talk about it more.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about it. Even back when she and David first got together, she was having those dreams. Exactly. like Of her experience. Let's get her some therapy. That sounds good. Yeah. I do think that's kind of something I miss about the earlier seasons, too, is that when Brenda got mugged, she was in therapy. Or, yeah, it was it was after the burglary at the Peach Pit. Like she Mm -hmm. was in therapy immediately and that was like, yes, this is the option for you. This is, you need this. And now Mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, we have to go through all this on our own with no support. And obviously Tom is not nothing, but Tom is also, you know, relatively a young person who is not equipped with the proper tools to be able, he's helping as best he can, but he is only a young guy too. Who experienced this adjacent, you know, this adjacent trauma? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say
2: is he is not an independent third party to help her deal with this. Like, it's great to have your friends and to have that support system to rely on, but you need someone outside of the situation to help you work through it. Like, he is emotionally Mm -hmm. involved here. And yeah, like you're saying, you know, Brenda got therapy, David's actively in therapy now which you know we don't see but we don't need to see it we just get you know subtle acknowledgements that he's still taking care of himself and checking in yeah but then after you know donna's whole thing she refused therapy and then cliff shows up and now she's just
0: fine yeah she can make like little comments now we're at that stage. Yeah. and it's
2: been two weeks three weeks yeah it's, it's weird. And I'll be curious if this ever gets brought up again. I don't know how you just drop this into an episode in the future, but Mm -hmm. it seems like we got resolution for this pretty quickly and we're just going to move past it.
0: Yeah. Which I'd be very curious to see, like, A ranking of all the different seasons you know like we've seen so you know for a lot of our other favorite shows like Mm -hmm. where does season seven fall for people because there have been some interesting things but I'm starting to think as a whole like this has been a very disjointed very haphazard season yeah and
2: I was actually gonna say I feel like these later seasons, we've needed to kind of split it up. And if you were going to do a ranking, it would have to be based on episode arcs and not yeah. seasons. Agreed. But,
0: Especially because they're so long. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Also that because 32 episodes or whatever this season is, like, I can't. Yeah. We started the season at the Alamo. I Yeah.
0: Yeah. But. <sighs> and not that I need the boys to go through – this kind of trauma Mm -mm. at all i don't need anybody to go through this kind of trauma it just seems like it just seems like the stakes are so different right like we can't just have we can't have and i know it's not the character but we can't have kelly almost getting expelled because she stole a baseball we have to have kelly being stalked And held at gunpoint and nearly asphyxiated in a carbon monoxide filled car. Yeah. We can't have, you know, granted, I know David has been through a lot. But it's
2: like one boy story for like three girl stories.
0: Yeah. And every single one except for Claire has gone through a... A trauma you would never wish on somebody. Kelly almost died in a fire and died at almost died at gunpoint and almost died by carbon monoxide poisoning. Donna almost died at gunpoint because she had a stalker. Donna almost got raped. Valerie did get raped. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm hypersensitive because I'm a woman and this is happening to other women. And that might be true. i think I think it is true. And again, I'm not trying to make it fair because I don't want anybody to go through this stuff. I just kind of get a little annoyed. I'm like, oh, you know, what cult are we going to join today mm-hmm. as a woman, right? Versus do I just like have to go sit in a sweat lodge? Yeah. I went and played hockey last week. Yeah. So anyway, that's my spiel and it's I'll get off my soapbox now.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I guess speaking of how we have these really heavy storylines for some of the people and then other people go and do
1: dates on carousels, Mary, what else happened this week? A whole bunch of nonsense where Donna actually cheats on David with Fireman Cliff before trying to talk to David at his house, Mark's house, where Chloe shows off her shiny satin bra and makes Donna assume David's cheating too. All because Chloe wants David to come to New York to work on music together with Luther Vandross's manager. Also, Steve shows another little inkling of maturity by telling his little brother Ryan it's okay to wait until he's ready to have sex.
2: Yeah. And all I have to say about the Ryan stuff is like kind of tone-deaf to put that in the episode with the Val stuff. But yeah. I'm glad that Steve and him tried to have a mature conversation about sex and he realized he's not ready to do it. So he just doesn't.
0: Yeah. No, 100%. Like we said what we said about the tone deafness. But yeah, like to Mary's point, at least Steve's awkwardness about having to talk to his little brother about sex kind of led and paved the way for Ryan to be like, I'm not really actually ready. And Steve being supportive. Yeah. So that was good. Meanwhile, Donna dyed her hair. Donna did dye her hair. And I have one last thing to point out about Steve and Claire real quick because okay. I didn't think about it until just now. But uh I have to make a comment about Claire's comment to Steve about a double standard. Ooh. Okay. So this was when and we'll get there. Like, so we can go back and come, you know, whatever. Yeah. But when they were all at the Santa Monica Pier together, um, Steve and Claire are talking about David and Donna and Claire is obviously Team Donna because Mm -hmm. she's like she should be able to do what she wants to. And besides, David is with Chloe all the time anyway. And Steve's kind of like, who cares? And so Claire's like, that's such a double standard. So what are you saying? Guys can do whatever they want. Girls can't. And Steve says, yeah, in case you haven't heard, it's still the 20th century. It's not a good look. Not great for Steve. It's a terrible look. Like, are you kidding me, Steve?
2: Because, yeah, like, let's talk about, you know, Donna is on a date. We've acknowledged it's a date with Cliff. And so, like, that's bad. David is spending literally all of his time with Chloe and, like, being mean to Donna. But right before he goes out to a late night dinner with Chloe, like, they might not be calling it a date. But there is emotional cheating as well as, like, literally Mm -hmm. going on a date with somebody else.
0: Well, and Chloe's intentions are clear. Like, I think that's the other thing, too, is that. There are very clear intentions by both Cliff and by Chloe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's –
2: in my mind, it is the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. they may be written differently on the page, but like you said, very clear intentions.
0: And clearly, there's a double standard in the writing room too. Yeah. Story of our lives. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, yes. Donna dyed her hair. I think it looks great.
2: I think it looks great. And I also really loved in the first scene with her and Claire where Donna makes the comment that, like, everybody sees her as Donna and David, David and Donna, like it's Mm -hmm. like a couple's name, like you're mashing them up together. And I was like, Yep, oh, Donna, you have no idea. We've literally tried to come up with a couple's name for the two of you and we can't. We cannot. It's just Donna or David. (laughs) (laughs) But we know it's a couple's name behind that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I just, I thought that was so accurate.
0: It's also interesting to me because I don't think Donna has ever worried about her identity, her own identity in other relationships with Joe, with Ray. Well, maybe a little bit with Ray, but like that, obviously there was like different stuff there. But I feel like with David, she is constantly worried about separating herself from him. Mm -hmm. Well,
2: and I kind of wonder if some of that came from Joe, like proposing and wanting her to move across the country with him. And like, you know, after that, you can see that she's trying to figure out what to do with her life. She hasn't really, you know, come up with a job. Maybe that's what's sparking it. And it's not even necessarily David himself. It's just she's 22. She's about to graduate college and she doesn't have a career path. Sure. Sure. But it's a good point. I mean, we haven't seen this before. This is just Donna trying to figure it out with David. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this whole conversation at the beginning is about, like, we'll talk about it later, but I guess the Chancellor is going to be on the 100th episode of CU TV to give them a plaque. So the entire gang is going to watch the taping, Mm-hmm. which... At first, I had a moment. I was like, does CUTV have a live studio audience? Like, where are they going to be? How are they going to not be in the way?
0: Yeah, they're just going to be, like, in the newsroom. Yeah, they were
2: just standing there. (laughs) But it turns out Donna was supposed to see Cliff that day. So she brings him as her date. And she was like, well, it's probably going to be weird because people expect me to be with David. And speaking of the double standard, David skipped this thing with his friend
0: to spend time with Chloe. Exactly. But also at the fair at the Santa Monica Pier or whatever, even when Cliff kisses Donna at first, she's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like I feel weird about this. And Cliff then declares his like real intentions. Like he's like, I'm not playing games, like I really want to be with you and does kiss her again, which I didn't really like that, but like I don't have any bad blood toward Cliff. I think he's literally just trying to capitalize on an opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: just like again the whole donna is thinking clearly about what this looks like to other people as well Mm -hmm. as how she's trying to figure out how she feels about it and david is just like off doing whatever probably not thinking about anything i mean he is thinking about donna like he in the next scene that is with david and chloe like i do have some good points about david i do Mm -hmm. But there's clearly a level of thought that goes into various actions that Donna has that David doesn't. I personally am
2: of the opinion that this entire time, like since Cliff showed up, Donna has been thinking about this. Mm -hmm. And David has not been thinking about him and Chloe since Chloe showed up. He's been thinking about Donna and Cliff since Cliff showed up. And then this next scene where Chloe finally comes on to him is when he realizes, oh, maybe this isn't good. Yes, very much so. Also, I just realized it's Donna and Cliff and David and Chloe.
0: <laughs> they do this all the time. We're back to Clavid like we were with Claire oh and David. Oh, my gosh. It's been so long.
2: And it- Kalana? <laughs> I was just going to Is it Donf? Yeah. D- <laughs> Diff. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So while Donna's on this date with Cliff, David's at home trying to call her, which, you know, she's obviously not picking up because she's out. And Chloe's just like, oh, she's out with fireman Cliff. You know, I don't really get it. I don't see what he does for her. And I was like, <laughs> ma'am, you didn't get saved in a wildfire by hot
0: fireman Cliff. And then literally, like, doesn't David say that? Or somebody mentioned that at some point. I forget who does. But somebody mentioned, like, yeah, well, he didn't try to, fire, like, rescue you. Mm-hmm. Um, But also, it's just so funny because David is so oblivious. So I think your point earlier is just so, so valid. It's like he's not even really. And that's what's kind of nice about David is, like, for once, he's not. Trying to cheat on Donna and he's not trying to like hurt Donna. He genuinely wants to be with her and loves her. He's jealous of Cliff. He's not even like seeing this hot person right in front of him, literally trying to like come on to him several times. Mm -hmm.
2: It's this is going back to therapy. I would love to hear like David go to a therapy session, his therapist be like, Hey, what's going on? What should we talk about today? And David be like, Well, Donna is not spending time with me right now. And therapist's like, okay, let's talk about that. And he's like, well, this 19-year-old Chloe has been spending all of her time at my house and telling me that Donna doesn't respect me. And therapist <laughs> just being like, Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I mean, literally, they have the conversation where Chloe's like, just forget about Donna. She's probably sleeping with Cliff. And then David's like, well, she's not sleeping with him. She's a virgin. And then Chloe's like, "She doesn't respect you."
0: Yeah, she doesn't respect your needs. Like, what? What? Also, why do we have to say virgin every 3 episodes?
2: All the time. As soon as he said it, I was like, "That is not for Chloe to know. Why no, does it matter?" Not. No. Like, like we know.
0: We get it. Donna's a virgin. Like,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like he could have left it at she's not sleeping with him. Believe me, I trust her. And then Chloe just keep pushing that and then still come on to him. Like We don't need to be like, Donna's a virgin and David is not having any sex whatsoever. So I'm going to throw myself at him and that's going to be the thing. That's the thing. Although I guess that's been the thing the last times he's cheated on Donna. So, like, I guess we needed to finally be like David's acknowledging that his girlfriend's a virgin and he's respectful of that and not gonna cheat on her
0: Mm -hmm. but he still
2: didn't have to say virgin he could still just say
0: like we don't have sex yeah exactly like we're not doing that yet
2: also very presumptuous that when he says he respects donna's wishes and doesn't have sex with her that chloe's just like but you have sex yeah what if he also did not have i mean he's literally not having sex but like What if it was a, like, conscious decision only on his part to not have sex?
0: Exactly. And then, yeah, like, I guess we get a scene with Donna and Kelly, but I want to talk about that more in the Kelly storyline because I loved it um, for a couple of reasons. But so the next time we really see this storyline is literally when Chloe comes on to David. Like... She tells him about the demo taped in New York. He gets mad from a manager perspective because he's like, why would you do that? I didn't tell you to do that. And then he, she straight up invites him to go with her. He's like, I cannot do that. <laughs> like, I will not do that. And then she just undoes her little, like, full zipper vest thing. And here's my bra. Like, what, what was that from? Oh, it reminded me of something It was like, I'm in my. Yeah. It's like whatever sh- show it was that. Oh, it's in Friends. It's in Friends where they're trying to get Chandler and Monica to admit that they're together, <laughs> and, and Joey Phoebe. says, "Yeah." Joey tells Phoebe that he can't focus on anything when he sees a bra, and so he he's does scared a little of them. number. <laughs> yeah, he's scared of them. So Joey does a little thing where he like flips open her shirt with one finger, and Pho- Phoebe walks and she's like, "So." Here's my bra. (laughs) That's what this is. I mean,
2: truly, because like David does kind of shut down. He's like, no, (laughs) you have to leave. (laughs) Get in the bedroom. Like this is probably as close to a sitcom as this moment could have gotten when there's a knock on the door and he says, get in the bedroom. You have a back door. It's a house. Also zip up her vest and then get her to go out. I don't understand why he didn't zip up her vest and then shoo her away. Like, you physically do it. Be like, I am not interested. Close that.
0: Put those away. Leave my house. (laughs) Exactly. My God. Of course Donna's going to jump to the wrong conclusion. Because to be fair, she has precedent. Yes. This has happened before, twice. I feel bad
2: that finally this is not what happened.
0: Right, right. But like,
2: yeah, Donna's at the door. She had her date with Cliff there, you know, she's had her talk with Kelly that we'll talk about later. And she wants to, you know, figure things out with David because she loves him and she's so serious with him. And that's when Chloe just takes off the rest of her vest and just comes to the front door holding the
0: shirt with the bra on. Like, (laughs) like, oh, she like looks at David like you expected me to not do this. Like, (laughs) (laughs) which like. ma'am what sort of chaos
2: is she trying to do because he already said he's not going to new york with her he didn't take her up when she unzipped in the first place and now she's (laughs) forcing him to break up with the girlfriend that he said he respects
0: god i don't know the end game i don't get it i don't either it doesn't make yeah i mean it does make sense from a 19 year old's perspective but not from a storyline perspective so exactly so here we are donna leaves mad david's mad chloe's happy it's fine chloe never comes back again she's going to new york
2: we're done with her i hope so no i looked we're done with her
0: oh good 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 good
2: so yeah i was like hmm another brunette villain do we have room for two of them plus donna just dyed her hair no (laughs) that's too many brunettes and tracy there's too many brunettes now i'm gonna get confused That's
0: true. That's a good point. But yeah, so that wraps up that storyline, and yes, folks, we still have another one that was actually the A-plot of this episode. So... Wild. Yeah. Mary,
2: what
1: else happened this week? So apparently all Brandon has said to Tracy about the ring incident besides Trace, um was don't worry it doesn't mean anything then he proceeds to not talk about it for a week they plan to talk after their 100th broadcast at cutv but that doesn't happen because tracy finds brandon talking to kelly in the hallway instead this leads to some honestly kind of perfect slow burn brelly angst because they both still love each other but each wants the other to okay sorry sorry but each wants the other to be the one to reconcile to the point where they both end up pushing each other away.
2: It, it's truly perfect for the fact that they are so young and like just completely like incapable of having the conversation because I just want to like smack the back of their heads. And be like, just mm-hmm. talk. Yeah. Someone has 100%. to make a move.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. I also think this was such a bold choice to uh have Kelly writing in her journal that Val gave to her I might add and she mentions it yes telling you it is a Valerie Kelly endgame or bust
2: (laughs) I honestly this was like the most perfect angsty moment where she is on the lifeguard stand by herself writing in her journal with the voiceover about how alone she is
0: I was like are we in Dawson's Creek what happened I loved it so much because it made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> it was wild.
2: And she's like, Yeah, I remember when Brandon proposed and Dylan wanted to take me around the world and then I said I'd choose me. And then they were like, okay, and left. And I can't believe
0: yeah. it. I just kind of love this sentiment though of where she's like, I told everyone I wanted to be alone, but I didn't actually feel alone. And now I feel alone. And like That's a very real emotion. That's what baffles me about this writer's room is sometimes they absolutely nail the teen experience or the young adult experience, right? Or even the Mm -hmm. 30-something experience. But, like, (laughs) the fact that in order to get there, we had to have a voiceover. Which, it makes me
2: wonder, like, who came up with all these ideas? Because this episode is directed by Jason Priestley, so we know he loves to make choices,
0: oh yeah like the very opening of the episode the choice he makes later on in the episode and then this voiceover like i i'm usually a fan of jason's because like he takes risks you know Mm -hmm. and he does things that are different and kind of breaks up the mold of the same sort of soap opera-y you know feel to it but i'm not mad at the voiceover it just I want to commit to it. You know, it's very – like it is very custom for like the main character of our show to start every episode with like, oh, in a quote by George Bernard Shaw like da-da-da mm. and do that and that works but you got to do it every episode. <laughs> you can't just do it for one and be done.
2: Yeah. I was trying to remember the last time we had a voiceover and I think it was Brandon writing an article like a while yes. ago. Yes. I remember that. It was just – so fascinating and I do wonder like is he the one that chose all these beach scenes where she's alone on the lifeguard stand
0: yeah I think so I mean that's his job right to direct an episode is to choose shots and to make it happen so I actually really enjoyed all of the beach scenes it was just I actually think this storyline with Val's storyline and nothing else would have made a perfect episode and and I don't mean perfect in terms of like I still hated what happened but the mood was similar they're you know both really good levels of drama and Mm -hmm. like
2: strictly emotional and not chloe being like oops here's my bra exactly yeah yeah because yeah the first time we see brandon he's you know leading the staff meeting planning out the 100th broadcast tonight and tracy's distracted she's kind of talking back to brandon in this meeting and then we find out he has been avoiding the subject of the ring this entire time and she's just like I can't compartmentalize like you I don't know what to do here oh I loved it and I loved that like he is clearly in panic mode and was like well I thought we'd talk about it after the show tonight And she was like that's been seven days
0: Mm -hmm. I love that because we've talked about how at times neurotic Tracy can be in a lovable way not in a Mm -hmm. like you know we're not talking poorly of her I love how aware she is of of herself and how she processes things and how perceptive she is about other people, right? We talked literally, I think it was literally last episode about how Tracy was genuinely like, oh, Valerie looks like she needs a friend Mm -hmm. and I want to be that friend for her. I'm not going to judge her though, you know, like that sort of thing. And of course, there's this whole defense mechanism and coping mechanism to put feelings in little tiny boxes in your head and push them away and put and open them up only when and if you need to. Mm -hmm. Um, And clearly I think Brandon to some degree does this, maybe not with other things, but especially when it comes to things about himself, Mm -hmm. I think he does do this. And she just, I love that she was able to not only recognize that, but then call it out because she's also making space for herself to be vulnerable, but also protective of herself in the way that she needs to process and deal with things. And, damn it, Tracy, why you got to like make me like you almost as much as Susan? Like why?
2: (laughs) I feel so conflicted about Tracy being on this show for, you know, a longer period of time now and for completely different reasons than I felt before. Like, yeah, before I was like, you're not Susan. You're just literally like a new brunette in the place of where Susan was. We moved from journalism to video journalism and now here (laughs) you are instead and I'm conflicted. And now I'm conflicted because I'm like she is emotionally like she is in deep with Brandon Walsh who does not love her back the same way that she loves him. And I just – I just – I want her gone because I want her away from this group. Like it's that thing again. I'm like get
0: out of here. I like kind of with Tom. Same thing. It's like we love you, Tom. Now get out. (laughs) Get away. I also
2: really loved that, like, this part of the scene ends with her being like, well, you control both sides of the conversation. I don't even understand why I'm here. Like, I don't need to be here mm. for this. Mm. It's was like, that's kind of what he's doing. Like, he is conflicted about this ring because he's still in love with Kelly. She's conflicted about this ring because he has hurt her feelings.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, like, he's kind of got some power here in that, like, he can just avoid talking about it. And yeah. it's fine
0: a hundred percent oh but damn if she's not gonna be professional
2: oh my god that was amazing when they do the whole thing they call cut and she just gets up and walks away like boss move I loved it and like you also know in her mind she's like I'm gonna go into that other room because Brandon and I are supposed to talk I'm gonna go in there He's going to say bye to everybody as the acting station manager or whatever they called him. And then Mm -hmm. he's coming in here to talk to me. Yeah. But he doesn't.
0: He goes to Kelly first. And she shows up and they make immediate hard eyes at each other. Oh, the whole time. I was like, Brandon, stop it. Step away. (laughs) Like, Kelly,
2: you don't know what's going on, so I can't be mad at you. But she's like, I hardly ever see you anymore. I was like. Brandon, there's a reason. Disengage. Disengage. (laughs) And then Tracy sees it and comes over and is just like, well, we were supposed to talk, but I see Kelly's here now, so
0: you can have your plaque back. I just love that, like, Kelly really is oblivious Mm -hmm. because I think that would have been too much drama to make her not oblivious. And Kelly genuinely is like, I want to have you guys over. For a barbecue, like I want to be friends with you, like that sort of thing. And this is this is like so similar to the when Donna at the pea pad for Valentine's was like, I don't feel very well, like I'm tired, I want to go home. But mm-hmm. instead of Brandon being like David and be like, Well, Donna's tired, you know, like instead of saying, Well, Tracy's tired, like because she says like she's not up for a party, so she's gonna leave, like. She just sticks up for herself immediately, and Brandon's just like, oh, what? <laughs> like, what's happening? Oh, my God. His, like – he was, like, frozen like a deer in the
2: headlights when she left, and Kelly had to be like, you should go after her. Mm-hmm. Like, Brandon, my dude. My guy. You shouldn't need to be told. You should just go. Like, this is – Proof that you are so emotionally conflicted. You can't do this to Tracy. This, yeah. Again, she said, I love you. He said, let's get tacos. Yeah.
0: He said, I have
2: pee. I was going to (laughs)
0: say I have to pee, but it was four words, not three.
2: I almost said, I love my sweater. Yeah. But that's four words.
0: I love hockey. Like, you know, it was very. We don't know what he said, but if it was I love you, why keep it a secret? So we can only assume it wasn't. And I guess on the bright side, and who knows if it was because Kelly said to go to her and he just listened to her or if it was his own like conscious, but he does like get to Tracy's room and he explains that he didn't keep the ring Mm -hmm. because he was like, (laughs) well, he says we he all doesn't know why know. he didn't... Yeah, like, we all know why he didn't get give back the ring. Or take it back, or whatever. But, like, he didn't keep it because he's... Like, this is, like, a double negative. Tracy accuses him of keeping the ring because he was just waiting for Kelly to come back. He mm-hmm. says that's not the case, but he still doesn't know why he kept it. And I'm like, my dude... I appreciate the honesty, but you also have to, like, present it with an affirmation afterwards, right? Like, I'm not really sure why I kept it, but I know my feelings for you. Well, and I think that's proof that he
2: won't admit to himself why he kept it. Correct. Because, oh my gosh, this scene when both of them, I just – they got my heart. Because Tracy keeps saying, like, you can't let someone think you're in love with them when you're not – Because Mm -hmm. he has an engagement ring that belongs to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then my guy has the audacity to tell Tracy what she's feeling. Like, I hate it. it, It's not even like – it's never been on that level, but like sometimes – You know, we'll try and be like ordering dinner and John will be like, well, you don't want pizza. And I'm like, well, you didn't ask. Don't tell me what I don't want. I will tell you I don't want pizza. Like maybe I don't, but I'm going to tell you I don't want pizza. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: But like that is a pet peeve of mine. Like do not put words in her mouth because he says that she's upset because she's
0: embarrassed. And it's like she very well might be and I think she is. But my guy like – that's not up to you to define and say out loud. That's exactly. I mean, there is a good chance she is embarrassed because
2: she said yes to a proposal that was not meant for her and did not exist. I would be very but embarrassed. I oh, uh, God. I like <laughs> the time that she invited him in and he said no, and she just like went into her room. Like <laughs> yeah. that's what I would I just like literally like close the door. I feel like I need to I some, need to get out of here. <laughs> I need to block this. It never happened. We're going to moonwalk out of here. Yep. But no, like that's that might be part of it, but she he she's also upset because he is very clearly not on the same level as her. He's lying to her. He is emotionally cheating on her. Like there's a lot going on here. Yep. But he also refuses to say that he doesn't love Kelly. He just is like, well, it's not that simple.
0: And it isn't. I agree. It's not. But there has to be – you can't say, I
2: don't know why I kept the ring. It's not that simple and just expect that to be okay. Like we exactly. need more than that.
0: And if that were the case seven days ago or however long it's been since, you know, they've, that, that incident first happened on Valentine's Day, Tracy deserves at least to be part of the conversation earlier. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if it really is that complicated, state it at first and say you need time to sort through it. or you know it's complicated. you're not ready to talk about it, but you need a little bit of time to figure out what you want to talk about. Like there was clearly nothing there was no reason to keep it from Tracy or to like to stop pause the conversation the reason Brandon gave was just not good enough, right? Like you Mm -hmm. can't just leave her hanging for a week. And then at the end of this week, still say it's complicated. I don't know. I don't have answers for you Mm -hmm. without being sensitive to what she's been going through for a lot. Like she's, she knows about herself that she's neurotic and that she can't put things in little boxes. She knows she's been going crazy. She's been Mm -hmm. going stir crazy. Just trying to figure out what he's even thinking.
2: I don't know. Well, And he should know that, too. I mean, when she said, I love you, and he didn't say anything back, like, you remember Mm. he called that night, and she was just like, thank you for calling. Exactly. Like, he knows that to keep this relationship going, there has to be open and honest communication, and because Tracy's a little neurotic and needs that, like, feedback loop, it should probably be more frequent than, we're going to talk about this next week, this engagement ring.
0: Yeah, and, like, that, just that simple act of him calling her that time that was plenty it went so Mm -hmm. far it's not like tracy needs this huge meaningful deep vulnerable you know well in-depth conversation every single time she just needs something that she can carry through until brandon is ready like she is very up here he's very down here she just needs something to tide her over you know, it's okay, Brandon, that you're not ready to talk about it. It's okay that you're getting flooded and need some space. But I also need to talk a little bit about it just until you're ready. That's mm-hmm. all. And yeah, yeah, Brandon knows that. He should. I mean, Tracy's
2: love language is quality time. Yeah. She wants the feedback loop. Like, yeah, that's what it is. My dude. But he's, I mean, he's struggling. He's really struggling. And then it's not even just the two of them. It's also Kelly because Kelly just broke up with Tom last episode and realized that like, you know, she can't keep doing this like just casually dating guys. It's not working for her Mm -hmm. and getting real introspective with her writing and her voiceover. And now she's thinking about fate and she's like, what if I've
0: lost my chance with him? Yeah, she's like questioning If she and Brandon are meant to be together, why are they not together? And obviously that question Mm -hmm. is, is answered just by, that's just not how it works. If you truly believe in fate, then have faith that it'll work out. Right. But to your point, you know, she's started to try to analyze all of her different like relationships and lack thereof and her decisions when it comes to love and things like that. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Donna comes in the room and Wants to talk to her about Cliff and David. And she, and I actually think this is a great acknowledgement from Donna because I also think this is true. She's like, it's so easy with Cliff, it's so difficult with David. And mm-hmm. that's true. And I think you just, what it boils down to is like, nothing is ever going to be, nothing that's worth it is ever going to be 100% easy all of the time. Mm -hmm. But what you have to figure out for yourself is if you're willing to put in the work that this relationship requires. If Mm -hmm. things are going to be difficult at times with either partner, who are you more willing to put in the effort with, right? And it sounds like right now she's leaning toward Cliff, but that's because it's all easy right now. There's nothing complicated.
2: Which I would also argue it's actually very complicated with Cliff because he took you out to the middle of nowhere to tell you that he was moving and that <laughs> if he didn't lie to you, you would never have gone. Correct. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying I wanted to throw that in there and so like if we're talking about the fact that you know having feelings for Cliff and loving David are two different things like let's let's just get a full picture let's not make a list to make another friend's reference let's not do a ross make a list but oh my
0: god yeah please don't do that but this is like the perfect time for kelly then to bring up well i have an interesting thing for you and i think even donna's like yes dr kelly or dr taylor or whatever she says Yeah, which i loved um She calls this thing the Emily Valentine syndrome. And we literally were just talking about this like two episodes ago. I know. I wanted to like clap for us. Yes. And it's the thing of where you need – you had a traumatic situation and your person wasn't there. So you're holding a little bit of resentment toward that person because they weren't there for you. And obviously, they're two different situations, I think, because, you know, Kelly obviously with the fire – Um, you know, that whole thing happened. But with Donna, it's almost like she's had two situations where a person could or couldn't have been there. And Cliff was there for one of them, right? Like Mm -hmm. literally the Hollywood Hills fire, he saved her. (laughs) And with the situation with Evan, David wasn't there. And Brandon saved her. But, you know, she has no romantic feelings for Brandon. So that's a different story. But yeah, this is totally that. You know it's, it's totally that same vein. Yeah,
2: cuz like very specifically that person who wasn't there for you was with another woman. And like I I honestly loved it that Kelly said that and Donna was just like, "Yeah,
0: it is." Yeah. Like that was mm-hmm. like clarity for her. Yep. And, which then, yeah, that's that's what like makes her want to go talk to David about what she's feeling. Which I mm. love that journey for her. It just now sucks that the hijinks and sitcom had to happen.
2: Yeah, it just fell apart through no fault of her own, and frankly, yes, kind of no fault of David. Like,
0: how could yeah. we have known that Chloe was a messy bitch? Right, right. Like David was so oblivious because he has no feelings for her whatsoever. So. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And I mean, like you said, like Cliff was there in a time of need. So like mm-hmm. that's honestly probably why Donna thinks Cliff is easy because he literally showed up and saved her from a fire. That's right. And maybe she was even like, Kelly didn't get saved from a fire. I got saved from a fire. <laughs> like, I don't think there's like, you know, a a comparison thing here, but more of like that must mean that this guy who saved me is my thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And And we've known that about Donna with needing kind of that guy's guy. Mm-hmm. Person um but yeah,
2: yeah and then once they've like identified these feelings for Donna, we gotta go back to Kelly and her feelings for Brandon at which point, like we've talked about, Kelly was like, well, I told Brandon my feelings, so if he wants to do
0: something, I'm right here. And then across town, Brandon' like the exact same thing to Nat. <laughs>
2: simultaneously, right? Like, you could put a side-by-side of, like, I've told Brandon my feelings. I've told Kelly my feelings. If he wants to do something, I'm right here. If she wants to do something, I'm available.
0: It very much made me think of in um, Pod Meets World, the Boy Meets World rewatch podcast, where they're talking about the first season and they go optical flip. Because this was exactly that of one character saying something, you do a flip of the screen and boom, next character says the exact same thing or whatever is happening. (laughs) Does that mean that Nat is Brandon's Donna? (gasps) Yes. I think that's exactly what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think the only difference,
2: like... The only other thing I could think of would be Nat is Brandon's gym. And I was honestly waiting in this to be like, I haven't slept at all. I tried to talk to my dad too. And he said the same thing, like doing that thing again. Right, right. But yeah, Nat like immediately picks it up. Brandon's like, I lost something important to me because I can't let go of the past. And Nat's like, Tracy dumped you because you're still in love with Kelly. Got it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down, my dude. Now what? Let's keep going. (laughs) And – yeah, this is when
2: Brandon's like, I got to return the ring. I got to move on from the past because Kelly hasn't burst through the door out Casa Walsh to be like, Brandon, I've loved you. I've always loved you.
0: Mm-hmm. It isn't over. <laughs> still isn't it wasn't over. over. It still isn't over. I wrote you. I wrote you every day for a year. <laughs> she gives him her journal. She's like, this will explain everything. Right? It's like, Kelly, there's one entry. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and it's about you. That's right. I did she- notice in the in the journal she's still in, like, the early pages. And, like, she's only had the journal for two months. That's not yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, we can't even, like, move the prop. Like, let's, let's go <laughs> towards the middle. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, but then we do have this scene with Kelly and Tracy that, like, I wanted and I was not expecting it. Because Tracy just shows up at the beach apartment like, surprise, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. I don't know how I
0: feel about this.
2: I I like it because I think it's what I expect Tracy to do. Like, I expected sure. Tracy to be real uncomfortable around Kelly, and if it's manifesting itself in I'm going to go to her apartment unannounced and tell her that Brandon broke up with me because he's still in love with you, like – That fits for her in my mind.
0: Yeah, I think for me, like my my little like, you know, I've got the angel and the devil over here, and the devil on on my shoulder is saying, like, that's a little too meddlesome of Tracy. Mm -hmm. Like it goes back to all the times in this show where somebody tells somebody that doesn't need to know somebody else's information. Mm -hmm. And if Brandon hadn't told Kelly that he kept the ring all this time. He didn't tell her for a reason. And I just don't know that I love that Tracy's just like, by the way, Brendan still has the ring he gave you. Yeah, I
2: think the thing is she says in the scene she came to do the noble thing and like right. kind of meddle and get in the way because I feel like this was supposed to be like, Tracy's another chance at fate. Like she's mm-hmm. telling you he kept the ring. And she's like, I was ready to bow out gracefully. But then I got here and remembered that I still love Brandon
0: and I can't. And I'm fine with that part. I'm fine with her admitting to Kelly, like, hey, I know this information now, but I'm not just going to roll over. I just don't – I don't know. It's like these conversations are always great in theory, you know, Mm -hmm. because then it's not necessarily pitting, you know, Kelly and Tracy against each other. It's like the situation. But at the same time, I'm like, God – what if that happened to me (laughs) and I went to some other girl's apartment that I barely know and I just like word vomited all over them I don't know that things would end very well for me like because at the end of the episode when essentially you know what happens happens that would not happen with me I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. I would have been called crazy
2: yeah, I mean that's definitely the difference between TV and reality. Because mm-hmm. like, if this happened in real life, nobody just moves past this. Like, no, you do not have everybody in a friend group sleep together and then move on from it and just be okay. Like, true. This this is Good not point. how the world Good point. works.
0: Good point. But Good yeah, point.
2: I will also say in real life, if I found out that a guy I had been dating for a couple of months, let's remember this has only been like a month that they have been officially together. Like if I found out that he had proposed to one of his best friends, she said no, and he kept the ring, I would never go tell her. No. If I really wanted to be with him, I would have kept my mouth shut that whole time and just been like, honestly, at 22, I probably would have been really bad at like reading his text messages.
0: Oh, Emotionally immature. Emotionally immature. Totally get it. I would try to find more evidence that he is still in love with her. Like, that's what I would have done at 22. Or I would have broken up with him. Like, I would have been like, I can't do this. Like, no, even knowing that, I will will Mm -hmm. feel insecure for the entirety of our relationship.
2: Yeah, I think that's the problem. I would also feel really insecure in our relationship and then just not do anything about it. Because I'd be like, but I want him. Right, right. But then, you know, this whole thing has happened. Tracy tells Kelly that, you know, she's in love with Brandon, but he's got this ring that he kept for Kelly. And Kelly says she's still in love with him and she's been thinking about fate this whole time. So she goes to find him. And so we got to go catch up with Brandon now at the jewelry store (laughs) where Jason Priestley (laughs) directs Jason Priestley talking to Jason Priestley in old man makeup and a fake accent.
0: Why? It is so funny. It was it's
2: so funny. I was losing my – the old man came in and I was like, why does that sound like Jason
0: Priestley? Same. It did not register at first because I was like, he looks taller. It can't be him.
2: <laughs> they put lips in his shoes just for this so that you, like, couldn't immediately know. Had him stand
0: on an Apple box.
2: <laughs> I was – losing my mind i felt so bad i could not take this conversation seriously it was incredible because like did the guy not show up for like the they originally cast somebody else as the jeweler and then he didn't show up and jason Presley was just like i can do it
0: probably he was like shit i gotta improvise guys in fact <laughs> i will because <laughs> Yeah, if you think about it, they
2: might have been on location. They might really not have had other actors to come in and do it.
0: Exactly. Like, this actually, like, the end product of this nearly fooled me. And Almost. it was actually good. It was, and I felt so bad that I was distracted
2: the whole time. because I was, too. Like, also, the jewelry store owner, this man, like, Sees Brandon come in and is like, "I remember you." It's like he hasn't been here for like two years. Yeah, there's no way you remember him unless you are him from yeah. the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he is him from the future, and he was just right? like,
0: "Keep, keep the ring. You yeah. need to keep the ring. Trust me, young one. Also, this is a fake accent, but I have to do it so you don't know this is me from the future. Or well, you yeah, from you the can future. never,
2: you can never interact with yourself.
0: Exactly." But, like, oh, my God.
2: They have this whole conversation where the guy's like, well, you can't just return the ring. Also, way outside the return period, Brandon. Exactly. Like, you should have gone to a pawn shop. Mm -hmm. But he says he'll let you do an exchange. Basically, like, trade in old girl for new girl. I have this bracelet. And so, you know, we see Brandon kind of from the back for most of this. At this point, because Kelly has found the jewelry store and is mm-hmm. watching him. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out and immediately sees her because she's not hiding.
0: And, and just, they're 22-year-olds again. You know, oh they're like, my. both kind of say stuff about, oh, this is too much. Literally, we shouldn't. We can't.
2: Not anymore. It's too <laughs> much. Yeah, it's so too much. much. <laughs> like, stop it. Just talk. But they don't. They literally say, like, we can't do this anymore. He says he returned the ring. She says, good. That's what I was coming to the jewelry store to tell you to do. Like, mm-hmm. ma'am, that's a bad lie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. what. Why would you go to the the jewelry store to tell him to do the thing he is actively doing? Right, exactly. Just a bad lie. But, you know, basically they split up. They go their separate ways. And Brandon goes to Tracy's dorm room where, first of all, he's like, I'm upset you told Kelly about the ring. Rightfully so.
0: Yes. Not a good
2: start, though. No, because then he (laughs) gives her the bracelet. And presumably they're back together. They're fine. All is well. And I literally, I wrote in my notes, I was like, I don't know if I could go back to this relationship. Like, I almost would have loved it if he gave her the bracelet, she opened it and she was like, this is beautiful. Thanks. And then shut the door in his face. Yep. Like, you don't deserve me, but you did need to buy me something to make it better. Because- Literally, the whole thing was she wanted a gift. He didn't even get her one. He got her a bottle of champagne and uh, having sex. <laughs> Presumably. I actually can't even confirm they did that part. Right. But she wanted jewelry.
0: Well, she got it. And Bracy lives on another week. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is going to be up and down for a while.
2: Yep. Because, like, yeah, like you said... Like, she, she's just going to be immature, or er, immature, insecure
0: yes. for the rest of this relationship. And she should be, to be fair. Yes. She should be far away. They didn't talk still, unless they're talking in off-screensville, which bothers me, because I want to hear it. We, You need to see the
2: resolution. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that the, you can't just tell me later that you got the resolution for stuff like this. Yep. But instead... We get more voiceover because it turns out that after Kelly and Brandon went their separate ways,
0: she went into the jewelry store and bought her own engagement ring. I hope she spent Bill Taylor's money. Oh, wait. No, that was cocaine money. I hope she. (laughs) Yeah. First question.
2: What is your mother going to say when she sees your credit card statement? Because you don't have a job. Mm -hmm. Second question You think putting that on a necklace around your neck is not going to cause problems in the future? The next time Tracy sees you, she's going to be like, I literally know that ring. I could, you could throw that ring in a pile of rings and I'd be able to find that ring.
0: That's what I'm saying, man. Like it is going to become exposed at the worst possible time. And Tracy and or Brandon, let's face it, and or Donna are going to be like, what you got there? And freak out and chaos ensues. Like it
2: it would be very sitcommy, but I could totally see Tracy seeing that ring and this turning into like an actual physical fight, like Ooh, an all-out knockdown yeah. fight, right? I could see that too. Hair pulling, screaming, punching, mm-hmm. like I could see it because all of the emotional energy that we are spending on this, like it's all building up and like mm-hmm. – thought we were past this we're not past this it's not over it's never over like it's just yes kelly this babe
0: (laughs) they're they're essentially children
2: i have to remind myself and like even i have trouble having conversations
0: well of course it's very difficult to be vulnerable and it's very difficult to feel vulnerable and be vulnerable with somebody you don't feel comfortable doing so with but A lot of things could be different if even that was acknowledged. (laughs) I feel like this was the time
2: to shoot your shot. Yeah. Like you found out he kept the ring and he and his girlfriend broke up. And now he, for however long, he is single and you are single. Go. (sighs) But like she literally, she didn't grab the window. It was literally right there. They were right in front of each other at the jewelry store. And you know, Mr. Jason Priestley in old makeup would have just given him the ring back. He'd be like, these backsies?
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but now, hey, at least Kelly's got more to write in her journal about. I swear, the next time
2: we see that journal,
0: it better be full. <laughs> Valerie, look, I, I wrote. Oh my God. That's going to be the notebook scene. I wrote you every day for a year. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then Val pulls out hers, and she's like, I wrote you every day. (laughs) And it wasn't over. It still isn't over. And they just give each other new journals.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Like, what if this is the the friendship? Like, they hate each other, but every year they get each other a new journal for the next
0: year? Make it happen. Please happen. I want it. I want it. We'll find out next Christmas
2: in, like, 50 weeks. Yes, at minimum. At minimum. Oh, do you have anything else to say about this episode? No, I'm glad it's over. Honestly, me too. Um, this was a lot. It was. It was too much. I think... My only other comment, just because I wrote it down and I couldn't figure out where to put it, when Kelly is at the apartment reading before Tracy shows up, the TV is, like, right next to the chair. Did you see that? I didn't even notice it. There is literally, like, it's a TV on a stand. It's not a big TV, maybe, like, you know, the size of a laptop now. But mm-hmm. it is, like, right next to it. It's like, I do y'all just, like, notice. move the TV around so it can just, like, be where you're sitting? Could
0: be. Could be. They did, like, in the 90s and stuff, like, it was very common to have, like, movable entertainment systems, you know, or centers or whatever you want to call it. Like, a TV cart. So what if they have a little TV cart? That's all I want.
2: Oh, yeah. that's. I just wanted to bring that up because I was like, that TV is very close. And I Mm -hmm. just assumed they ran out of room on the set. But in my mind, it's just that close that she can watch her stories.
1: Did y'all see Boomy this week? I did.
0: Mm -hmm. He was at the jewelry store too. He was like, future Brandon and present Brandon, I need to be in on this.
1: He's like always in the juicy scenes. I don't Mm -hmm. get it. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I swear, whoever operates the boom mic is literally just like,
0: I'm just going to get this a
2: little better.
0: (laughs) Like they get distracted by like what's happening on the film. So they're like, or like what's happening in front of them. So they're just like. Oh, shoot, 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 shoot. (laughs) Pull it back, pull it back, pull it (laughs) back. Every time. You got to be there for the
2: lingerie. You got to be there for the jewelry. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. Quote of the week. Do you have one? I have one. Okay. Mary, if you've got some, you go first.
1: Yeah. I literally wrote one down and it was Kelly being like, you should go to her after Tracy sees them talking and then runs off. yeah, I
2: wrote down a couple of conversations, but like there's a lot about Val and her mom talking that like I don't think I would choose as like truly a memorable moment. yeah, um I do I did really like when Tracy walks over to Brandon and Kelly at the TV station and she just looks at Kelly and goes, "If he's so virtuous, why can't he tell the truth?
0: Mm-hmm. that's a good one. And then
2: I guess that's like, maybe you can tell that one writer wrote specific scenes because the other quote I have is, if we're meant to be together, why aren't we together? That's like the same sentence. Yes. Um, And then also just a little shout out to when Claire is telling Steve he needs to have the sex talk with his brother because his brother's a teenager. (laughs) Steve goes, I seem to recall when you were a teenager, you handcuffed yourself to Brandon's
0: bed. I do appreciate that callback. But I also appreciate the growth of Claire. I, She's like, yeah, but I'm not like that anymore and could have probably not done that if I had had proper education.
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly. She was like, yeah, someone should
0: have talked to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's all I got. Okay. Mine was Tracy. And this was during that same hallway scene with Brandon and Kelly and right after the barbecue. Um Tracy just says right before she leaves I guess it's hard to be honest with others if you can't be honest with yourself which very true I mean therapists say it all the time like you can't be Mm -hmm. happy with someone else until you're happy with your own self same thing with wait sorry I said that totally wrong you can't be happy with others if you can't be happy with yourself Mm -hmm. um it's the same thing like you can't like if you're not able to acknowledge your own feelings you couldn't possibly tell someone else what those feelings are if you have not acknowledged them yourself so um yeah tracy was just like outside of going to tell kelly about the ring i very much appreciated tracy this
1: episode agreed all right Mary. what about you um, no real moments of the week this week, but there was another callback that was like a little bit humorous and that was Steve's role in topless pizza party three. Yes. Which his little brother Austin loves to watch. I was so grossed out by that.
0: I just said a big yikes to that. I
2: I just wrote you like I didn't write the rest of it, but I know mm-hmm. I'm literally on my notes. Like ew yes
1: it's funny to me how that was filmed at casa walsh and both boys have been there do they not recognize like the living room
0: trust me they're not looking at the draperies
1: (laughs) good point
0: (laughs) they're looking at topless mustached steve or whatever he wore that day yeah he wore a mustache and he had a pizza yeah oh my god what
2: if like what if he came in with a pizza and you just saw Austin just like <laughs> have the oh moment? God. I can never watch Topless Pizza Party three ever again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so weird.
0: Oh well. Anyway, Caitlin, what is next week's episode? All right. So next week, what we have is season seven, episode twenty one straight shooter
2: could it be that someone is going to have an honest conversation about their feelings
0: couldn't be 90210 (laughs) i got nothing yeah we'll find out
2: yeah we will and until then you can follow us on twitter and instagram at back to podcast
0: You can also shoot us over an email if you'd like with any of your questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your
2: podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community, and then we can give you all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I have to go write in my journal about how I broke up with
0: two boys and now I'm alone. I need to be on the lookout for a future Caitlin dressed up in old person makeup trying to give me advice.
1: I need to dress up as the older version of myself to return some jewelry. Bye. Bye. See ya.